0: I just mostly look for movement because that's when you're going to see them and then just try to focus in on that movement. Um, You know, treetops, bushes. On a day like this, you can listen to the cracking of the grass to see if there's something down in the grass. S A R B B O S A. Okay. And how many? Just one? Yeah. Okay. Just one. Just one. Excellent. Now I hear another one. Oh, what do you hear this time? A wren. What kind of wren? I b b y. Okay. Come on, Where are you all? We assign different people, different areas. Chris's area is this here that's colored in orange, just west of Yankee Hill Lake, uh, and the idea is uh, to simply move across the area and identify uh, all the species of birds that we see and count the number of individuals that we see. And that data is used um, for a lot of reasons. This is the 110th Christmas count here in 2010. It was started in 1900 by Frank Chapman, who was at the uh, an ornithologist at the American Museum of Natural History in New York. The very first one was done in uh, Central Park in New York City and uh, it's expanded across the Western Hemisphere now. There's uh, a count, the farthest north count is in uh, Point Barrow, Alaska. They always see one species, that's always common ravens at the city landfill. And the southernmost one is um, in Antarctica. Uh, that was not done last year. I think there was one done this past year um, in the off Terra del Fuego, in off of Chile. And that was the southernmost ones. In Nebraska, it's useful. Um, it's being used um, range-wide for for a lot of for a lot of purposes. Um, the Department of the Interior, uh, Fish and Wildlife, a lot of the federal agencies are using the Christmas Count data to monitor how global climate change is affecting bird populations. This is the counts are always held the same two weeks in December at the very end of the year, and they've always been held those that time, and so we're getting a snapshot of the bird populations at this the same areas at the same time by the same people, the data is collected in the same way for 110 years. Um, So we're able to look and see how bird populations, at least in the wintertime, are being affected by global climate change. We've been able to document changes in migration patterns, things like snow geese, instead of, like in Nebraska the, the example would be, instead of spending the winter at DeSoto on the eastern part of the state. A lot of the geese are, are migrating and, and wintering further west, you know, around Kearney and around in the Central Platte. So we're able to document things on a time scale and a region wide scale that perhaps we wouldn't otherwise. And that it's citizen science, that it's people, just the general public, just bird watchers, just, you know, people that have an interest in birds and natural history and, and conservation and environment and such, they can get out and participate and actually make a difference in what they're doing, the data they're collecting is part of a larger whole. That helps with with developing management plans and protocols and policies in. It's also fun just to be out and tromp around in the woods in the wintertime. to each other.